welcome back, good brothers and sisters, for another episode of the Barricade Boys. This is your boy, Big John. This is your boy, ASAP. And this is episode 20. 20, yeah. Two zero, man. Two um, fucking zero. So, um, I was going to say that that intro makes me feel good every time I hear it, man. Like, that's that intro that you give me. Yeah. See, I was going to do it for that, um, the one that I did was just by myself. And I was like, man, you know, I took five <laughs> takes because I tried to emulate that. And I said, I'm going to embarrass myself. It doesn't sound good. Oh, yeah. I need to hear it. Wow, What's mean, up, Big John? Man, well, you know. It's all good, man. We 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 making it. Yeah, we making we it. We making it. Uh, making it through these times. Yeah, um, these some, some rough times, but goddamn it, we're gonna get through it. On rough times like this, it's always good to have great days like today, uh, where we get to interview some good brothers. Oh man, um, our, our boy, man, my man, I can't think enough of color chemistry and the good brother Garrett. Man, I can't wait. Uh, you you'll hear why Big John loves uh, Garrett and Color Chemistry so much. But before he inputs that, I want to say uh, I'm a fan of the music. Oh, yeah. um, we have a lot of people that come through. We have because we work at House of Blues. You know, we have a lot of friends and uh, people we know that are part of you know bands and groups. And right. Yeah. And and, uh, and and don't get us wrong. We support them all. God damn Do we right. not, Big John? Damn Do we right not we do. like to go to the shows? Yeah. Do we not like to retweet? Yeah. Do we do, not do, like to hit listen we, for 10 seconds? Do we seconds? not go to goddamn, man, what's that venue, the Stabby Land? Uh, um, uh, super Happy Fun Land? Yeah, Super Happy Fun Land, to, you know, support good brothers that yes. go through there. Yes. Always. Yes, we do. So, you know, that that's the level of consistency and the level of support we have. You know what I'm saying? And I say that because it just goes to show you that we listen to a lot of music. But this is a genuine band that if you looked on my Spotify playlist, um, in fact, if you look on 2019 when they released um, an album, I uh, would play it like just in repeat. Um, and I think, it, uh, you know, I can go on and on. I'm a big fan of yeah. this band. Um, I'm a big fan of their music. Um, not only are they good guys, but, you know, the great artist, uh, Color Chemistry. Oh, color chemistry. in the building or my apartment or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Either way, we're going to get it in, man. Um, and uh, the blessing are mics. Um, yeah. Our brother Garrett, our brother Rob, introduce yourself, say hello. Hey guys, this is Garrett from Color Chemistry. And it's Rob from Color Chemistry. We're happy to be here, dudes. Uh, we're happy We're happy for y'all to be here. Yeah, you know, we're excited. Um, when we first got doing this uh, podcast, we would say, we'll, let's see if we can interview some bands and we'll see if, if they would want to come on. And uh, yeah. we asked you guys and y'all accepted and we appreciate it. Yeah, man, happy to be here. I think it's going to be... Um, it's going to be a, a, a good interview for Big John. Uh, Big John's <laughs> excited about this. He's been hyped about it. Um, oh, yeah. We always try to come up with some questions, and I was like, Big John, let's, let's um, spitball some questions that we may have <laughs> so we're not stepping on each other's toes. Yeah. And then I heard some of Big John's questions, and I was like, I don't even remember that. So we would definitely <laughs> won't be stepping <laughs> <laughs> on each other's toes. So, yes. uh, Big John. Yes. Um, man. Yeah. You, what do you got to say? Well, I got to say that, you know, I've, you know, being, being the massive person I am and the first day I met my man Garrett and this was like a long time ago. This was what, like, I'm like five. This would have been like maybe seven ish. Seven ish. Yeah. Seven man. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. 13. Yeah. He, he came in. I was like, yeah, he's small, but we'll see what he got. <laughs> very small 140 pounds <laughs> we'll see what he got man but you know over the years that he worked with me you know he is he is one of the i i probably say one of the barricade boys for sure because he's been in the trenches all five with foot me. seven of me appreciates oh, that man. oh man oh yeah man i, <laughs> I think the world of him because we've been into some sticky situations and he you know we we came out shining I think I just look good behind y'all. The big guns, and I was the reinforcement to add numbers. Yeah. But I was there. <laughs> you know. Yeah, man. So, uh, so just you know, what what made what made you want to just go out and do do a you know be color chemistry? So I mean, I think when we're all young, learning how to play our instruments, whatever it is, you especially if it's like guitar, bass, drums, the rock instrument kind of stuff, you kind of 
start to seek out a creative process. You learn the songs, you start reading tablature, sheet music, you learn a little bit of theory or whatever it is, and you just get drawn into staying in your room longer and longer, maybe not doing homework, maybe not hanging out with your friends as much. Yeah. And you kind of start to dream about these things, if they're possible or not, you know, to, hey, can I make a band and can I go out there and perform and all those really scary questions and what ifs and you don't really know. Even when you jump into it, you don't know what you're getting yourself into, but mm-hmm. you... You know, it just kind of evolved from what, having that dream and meeting some guys my age who played other instruments and, you know, kind of loosely forming music together that we wanted to hear, which at the time when we were like 18 was mm. progressive metal, 20-minute thrash songs, kind of like Injustice for All times two kind of thing, you know, and then... Uh, you know, you start playing live shows and you just start kind of getting better at what you're doing. You're playing every night. You're getting feedback every night. Sometimes you suck. Sometimes you're great. And uh, you just keep growing with it. And then you get to put out music. You know, when you now we're in a day and age where you can do everything from your room. Right. Not even, you know, 10 years ago, it was still hard to do everything from your room. Now you can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rob? Well, I joined along the way, uh, I think it was back in 2016. Yeah, mid sixteen. And uh, these guys had just finished a record uh, called "The Other Side," and yeah, it was a very like technical, very very good uh, record, especially for how young y'all were. And um, I actually came on originally as a bass player, mm. and so our early shows we were pretty true to the metal formula, and uh, we had our run with that. Then we wound up kind of thinning the herd a little bit and narrowing down to basically Garrett and I were the only ones left standing. And we really wanted to take it seriously what we did. We wanted to make something that uh, we could keep growing. So we wound up really changing our sound. We did that record that was referenced, you know, that that, uh, came out last year. A Light Light Above. Above. Mm. And we did electronic drums and electronic bass and a whole bunch of synthesizer stuff because we did not want to do it with a drummer. And we didn't want to, like sample drums and make it sound like a drummer came in. We didn't even want to like, we did it very ironically, like to hell with it. We're a metal band and forget tradition. We're going to just do it this new weird way. And we're just going to throw it out there. Yeah. And it worked out really well. Now we're kind of gravitating back to uh, the older sound and making the sound bigger. But you know, my involvement with the band was basically like, man, these, these kids basically is the way I looked at it at the time. I'm only, you know, a few years older than you, but it was just kind of like, I, I was, I, I'm pretty cynical. I'm pretty jaded with the whole music industry thing, but it was like, man, I really honor and respect the fact that Garrett especially really wanted to make this happen and be great. He wanted to be great at something. And so he is. And I think that, you know, with our latest release and what we're doing right now, uh, we're, we're clicking on a level and making something of value that people are really enjoying. And I'm really proud to be a part of it. Absolutely. So what were the trials and tribulations you had to go through to get where you're at now? I guess kind of long in the short. You know, you start off, everybody's buddies. You know, it's five friends, four friends. Everybody plays their own instrument. It's great. You get to go and jam with each other. And it's just, you're 19 years old. It's a dream. And everybody's good. It's not like... Yeah, he's the he's the crappy guy in the band, or yeah, we, I got to tell him he's out because we found another bass player. Like everybody was exceptional, absolutely. But uh, I guess going to what Rob said, there has always been instilled in me. I like I want this to be what I do. You mm-hmm. know, this is the livelihood. This could pay for the family, whatever. But it's like it's the art at its truest. But you still have to understand that there's a business side of it, and it's not just about jamming in the garage or not non-paying gigs once every two months where four people show up. It's it's time to figure out how are we going to grow. And, uh, you know, I still talk with the majority of those guys today. Uh, you know, we're all cool and everything. But there had to be some thinning of the herd kind of deal over time. Then it became a three-piece, no mm. two guitars. It was me on double duty vocals and all rhythm lead guitar. And then uh, we let go of our bass player, bringing in Rob, to play bass for us, continuing as a three-piece, but he brought the synthesizer background that he had, and he would have his keyboard set up on stage, go between the two, kind of Getty Lee-esque, you know? Yeah. And uh, prominent parts of the set would really involve that. And, you know, again, you know, we started to pick up some momentum, and then everything kind of fell through after about three or four months of having, maybe a little longer, of being really solid and just, like, getting these pretty good or really good gigs that were huge opportunities for us and all momentum got shot down uh 
you know, we're trying to figure out what our place was. It was me and Rob pretty much without a drummer, hmm. without knowing for sure if that was the case, but we were acting in that case. And then for me, uh, one of my biggest personal tribulations was my work life, which is, uh, of course, you don't quit your day job. But what I was doing, I was pursuing two careers at once, but they were both life investment careers. The, the job that I had was a, you know, 50 to like 63 hours a week gig, traffic two hours to, two hours from every day. You don't get seven hours of sleep mm. if you go to bed as soon as you get home, you know. And uh, that was getting in the way until our uh, Rob's business partner, who was our producer on A Light Above, the record we released last year, kind of just convinced me. He goes, dude, fuck it. You need to go in for it. There's very few people I think should be able to dive into this kind of thing, and you're one of them. And sometimes you just need a push from somebody outside of your own head. Yeah. You know, and making that move for me was huge for my mentality with the band in entirety with like being more open to this. Like I didn't know how I was going to feel about a light above like all everything's more electronic and really the, the vocals are the most organic part because yeah. it's coming from your body. Right. And so but you had the uh, the collaborative embrace on that was, I think, huge on my personal development with this band to be more collaborative with Rob. Not that we weren't before. I just helped me mature into that. And so. Then, you know, left that job, and Rob and I have been busy since late 2018, like pretty much color chemistry nonstop and mm. uh, trying to find out how to keep keeping the train going and faster and harder. That's what's up, man. The, what, what would you say are your influences? Uh, m musically. Musically, yeah, yeah, musically. Yeah, too much to name, man, but I think, like, getting right down to it, uh, Zach Wilde. Mm. that era of Ozzy Osbourne, like No More Tears, the first time I heard that, I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. It was so heavy, and you know, but it was everything was super unique to me, and then I heard uh, Master of Puppets by Metallica, and I remember at that moment, that flipped a switch in me, because I, I was really angry, like at age 10, like I had to see a, a doctor about that kind of stuff for a short <laughs> period of time. I don't know if it was like those prepubescent hormones starting to get working or whatever, and... Uh, that song just like ticked me off in the best way and i fell in love with heavy metal music and my dad grew me up on rush mm. so everything rush ever did i i see is like sacred even though I, a lot of people don't <laughs> and uh ah, fuck them this yeah, is true exactly yeah, yeah fuck fuck em. Em. and so uh we that, are not of one opinion on rush yeah <laughs> <this band. laughs> yeah we share similarities and many differences but uh, I, yeah. I i equate that to why my voice hasn't like changed since i was in eighth grade kind of thing <laughs> i, I practiced too much rush you know and yeah. That stuff, all the guitar guys that we saw at House of Blues, like Joe Satriani, Ingve mm. Malmsteen, Steve Vai, like for all three of those guys. So it was right after my 21st birthday, Ingve came to town. Yeah. And uh, John McClain, remember him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, John yeah. McClain comes over to my house because he was working production that day at like 2 in the morning. And he brought me a giant chunk of the guitar he smashed. So I got a little something from that gig. Nice. Steve Vai. His merch lady was told I was a huge fan, so she was getting me like broken drumsticks and signed VIP pass and CD for me. And I got to walk Joe Satriani to his bus, like behind the scenes with his wife while everybody was waiting at the front of the bus. I snuck <laughs> him to like the other bus across the street, which was the real bus kind of thing. And so all that stuff was, you know, that was huge for me. All those big guitar guys. Mm, man, those were the days, man. I wish they mm -hmm. still were, man. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Rob? What's your influence? Well, you know, right now, we could talk all day about musical influences because I'm a connoisseur of like, I love all sorts of different kinds of music that's very, very, very different than what we do in yeah. this band. But right now, I'm especially my role in the band is even less as a synthesizer player than it used to be and more on the engineering side. Okay. And making our sound and recording our sound in a way that is real. And uh, we've sort of been making like a creative statement recently that um there's just so many bands that are producing their records so clean sounding yeah. that it doesn't make me pissed off and want to drive 80 miles an hour so yeah. when i listen to it cutter. yeah <laughs> like there's something about how it's made that like i'm not throwing shade at anybody but it's like yeah. there's something about how it's made that isn't angry enough yeah. and mm. isn't enough like true to 
the emotion it's trying to convey because it's so sterile. Mm -hmm. So I think of producers like Rick Rubin, for instance, a guy who he does take a lot of flack. I mean, this is a guy who's produced like Adele, Red Hot Chili Peppers, every system of a Dow record, every Slayer record. Death Magnetic. Death Magnetic by Metallica is a great example of a record that sounds like shit and it's awesome at the same time because Mm -hmm. he turned everything up to a degree that it sounds like it's so distorted it's like viscerally unenjoyable but when you listen to it <laughs> it's all, the opposite it's, it's yeah. it makes you react to how it's presented mm. so, well my question yeah. is was he, is he the reason why death magnetic was so loud yes rick Pr- was rubin the was the producer cranking it up who that commanded loud. the yeah. engineer to Wow. Just destroy the good. I mean, they yeah. do this every record. I mean, Metallica, Saint Anger. You Not know, one it's like, sounds the hey, same. this is the yeah. sin. This is the record where the <laughs> snare sounds like shit. Hey, this is a record where we turn the bass all the way down. But you that's know? cool. Like, yeah. It's that's like the creative risk and I. Not trying to be, I guess, a fanboy of, of, I guess, them and what they do, but that's just a really great thing to stand by exactly. musically. It's like, we we call it like you know. It's so homogenous now, and if you mm-hmm. want a cookie-cutter product, you're using the cookie-cutter settings, the same guitar, the same multi-band compressor technique on everything. Like yeah. Everything just becomes so much of a sameness and, like you said, sterile. Yeah, so I would say like influences, I guess, in my influence and how it impacts the band now. Like I'm not listening to all that much metal these days, but when I do listen to metal tracks, the ones that I enjoy... I usually wind up f- finding myself listening to one of a few producers that happen to do it in a way where it's like, instead of going into studio and recording on electronic drums and resampling it and making it sound all different than how the drummer played it, and you go out live and your band sucks because your drummer can't actually play it the way it is on the record. Yeah. You go in the studio and you just throw a chair at the drummer until they get it right. right. You know, like yeah. you set up mics and take five hours, 10 hours, however long it takes to get the sound right going yeah. in. Yeah. And then it's something that you're happy with and it's something that you made. It's not you relying on someone else's engineering to make your drum sound cool mm-hmm. or, to, you know, make your vocal sound cool right. because we want to sound live exactly like the record. Yeah. We want it to be a Big Mac. You yeah. come play in Houston, you play in Dallas, doesn't matter what the venue is when Take you show up. It tastes the same. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. It tastes like fog. White <laughs> <laughs> Oak Music Hall 2020. Yeah. Well, my, um, in school, I, I had a teacher that when he was teaching us to mix, he would always say, and even recording um, inside the studio, he would say, you're either capturing the magic or creating the illusion. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. That's exactly what which we were always trying to do. You know, And when it gets to the point of doing the mixing and recording, you want to capture at his best take. You don't want to be in there making sure that you, like you said, editing and making a cookie cutter. You can hear the, just the, the gate. It's just, I don't know. Uh, I guess maybe because even, you know, maybe me doing just a mild bit of mixing, um, I can kind of hear it. Yeah. In, in audio. You know what I mean? It's yeah. becoming, it's becoming kind of real obvious. Mm-hmm. And, um, what you had said as far as it, you know, not sound organic, uh, I agree with you completely. I think it's like, I won't I won't say who it was, but I know a musician that went to record with a band in metal that's huge and they have their own studio. And you go into studio there and basically what they're doing is they're like you take a fast guitar riff in a song and it's like right? They have that guitar player that can't really do it. They have them just play like boop. All right, next note, dude, next note, dude. And then they chop it all up and then they speed it up and there's <laughs> and it's like that's horse shit. Yeah. You know, oh, like that's I'm sorry. You're an you're an EDM project. You might as well just be Skrillex out there, you yeah. know. Like I I feel like those bands would just be best represented by a DJ that has like a mullet and headbangs along to the stuff. Because <laughs> like that's what you're presenting in studio, which is fine. Like I, if that's how bands want to do it, that's cool. But I guarantee when you go out and play live, yeah. It does not sound as good. And that's like the thing that people want, especially in metal. You want to go live somewhere and beat the shit out of somebody and yeah. get sweaty yeah. and have a ball. And there's a fulfillment in that entertainment, yeah. like live music for this music in particular. It just, I can't see it going away. You must deliver it cleanly and yeah. honestly. So wow. you have to be really fucking good at what you do to make it happen. You know, I think I've seen a lot of uh, live uh, concerts too. Um, it is almost night and day and you can be surprised by some bands that when you listen to them at first and then you hear them live, you're like, wow. And then, the ones that you hear recording and then you hear them 
uh, live and you're like, no. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 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 there's there's those extremes and and like you said, um, because we've gone so far, being able to just basically um, sit inside your room and put some headphones in, and you're not necessarily gonna get the best mix, but you can pretty much create your own stuff at the house, you know, within yeah. a day's process. Um, I see sometimes they just it's it's not so much for the love of it as much for just cranking it out there. Yeah. Um, did you have um, anything to do with the uh, mixing of A Light Above? I mixed it. It's yeah, beautiful. We and thank you. It um, sounds great. It sounded great. Uh, yeah, I engineer mix that record. Uh, my business partner in our recording studio, his name's Tony Brown. He produced it, mm. and uh, we functioned very well with me and Garrett being songwriters and creative contributors and players on the record. But we had somebody there who was telling us what sucked and didn't suck, and it was non-negotiable. Yeah, you know, having someone in there that you just trust, and if they go somewhere, you just have to follow. And what it does is it takes all of the infinite choices out of your creative process, yeah. and you just have tasks to do. And mm-hmm. so uh, I appreciate that you liked how it sounded. We, I felt like we executed the vision of what, what it was, and it was, it, was a, it was a cool record. Yeah, I, I, and I engineered um, this uh, new single that we have, and Garrett engineered on it as well. Mm. And um, fader pushing, I see. Learning, bro. Nice. Yeah, well, we're um, we're able to do a creative process that's in house, and we're actually pretty much taking advantage of this COVID situation to move everything that we do yeah. in house. Okay. We don't want to have to pay other companies to mix our stuff yeah. or record our stuff, mm. and we, we're taking all that out of our budget. But on top of that, you know, Rob and Tony have their own studio, so mm. all the bells and whistles are included. It doesn't have to be bedroom, rocket, KRK, you know, whatever. Just yeah. by your bed, like it's treated <laughs> drum rooms, microphones, the works, like the freaking VU meters are pumping. Everything's great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it is It is better that than is doing it in a room. That's yeah. for sure. That I, I will admit that. No, that's beautiful. <laughs> so um, what, um, what, what, what went into some of the music? Like, okay, let me rephrase that. What, um, when you, when you made, so you made, when y'all made a uh, reach for the sky. Mm-hmm. What a, what a, what, fuck, I can't. Where'd you, where was the inspiration yeah. for it? Yeah, what's your inspiration for it? Like, what? Sure. Like, what, uh, inspired you? Yeah, like, what inspired you? What like, led what, us to it? I, I remember the day weed, you told me. Yeah, I know, yeah. man. I'm, so, uh, I got, I'm the one this is a good story. This is actually On my good side story. of things, you know, we, we did, uh, the only, I guess, this was our first kind of big tour. You know, we got mm-hmm. to go up to Colorado, down to California. We played Whiskey Go Go in LA. We come back around. Uh coming uh east back you know we end in houston and it was a sunday gig or whatever we we get there and i'm just for some reason you know i'm having like a instead of it being like a panic attack like a pissed (laughs) off attack inside Mm. me like i'm just angry at (laughs) something's just not vibing with me i'm being a dick i'm getting like too black and white about things and rob pulls me aside and it's like hey man what's What's going on? You're not, you know, obviously you're not being you. You're wearing it a little too much on the sleeve. And I was, I was just mad about a lot of things, you know, <laughs> about work situation, life situation, a bunch of things. And I remember, you know, it was great that he talked to me. We calmed down. We had a really great gig to finish off the tour. And I, we were totally wiped. Like it was so weird being home. Like I did not want to be home. Hmm. And I was really pissed about being home. I was like, I want to do this forever. I've okay. Now that we've been on the road for two weeks at a time, now I know I want to do this. Oh like, man, it's, it's addicting. It is. <laughs> we weren't doing anything we didn't need to be doing anyway. Like uh, I guess, you know, it wasn't like a self-inflicting kind of touring damage you hear from touring bands. So, <laughs> you know, for me, it's more of like I just want to go out and play every night, and people are out there having a great time, and just like what all the other touring bands want to do. So the next day, you know. I say, fuck it, I'm going to learn how to do some engineering stuff. Mm. And I made a really basic demo of that song, just really thrash, back to Garrett's roots kind of thing, like Megadeth, Anthrax. So, yeah, just, you know, wanting to write some really thrashy, angry stuff. And then, you know, arrangement-wise, it pretty much stayed like 95% there. And, you know, a great relationship that me and Rob have in the band is he loves to write lyrics and I sometimes do, but most of the time don't. So that's where he was able to find like lyrical vision in this song that was completely different Mm. than what I was digging, but I was all about it. Like I have no problem singing these. I believe in these words kind of thing. Mm. You want to elaborate? Yeah. uh, It's funny with the lyrical vision and like the album cover with the masks, there was layers and layers to the song that, uh, 
we had no idea like certain things would line up the way that it was. We're writing it in October. Um, I mean, we wrote a song, or I wrote lyrics for this song, basically about being caught up at the wrong place at the wrong time in the middle of a riot. (laughs) That was back in January. uh, Back in January or so, long before COVID, long before everything going on right now, and and we. yeah, so we record this song, and now it hits the finish line, and so we like wash our hands clean of this thing and set up a release, and it just seems like there's a lot of stuff that's been happening that has really been driving up people's tension, yeah. and so we wanted to provide a little bit of a release, and so, um, yeah, the lyrical inspiration for it is honestly... We're not trying to lecture anyone about anything. You know, we're not we're not in the moralizing business. It, literally, the 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 intensity of the song, to me, felt like the kind of adrenaline rush you'd be like if you were in the bank when the Joker <laughs> and his crew rolled in. Yeah. You know, and you just happened to be there on that day, and it's like the entire vibe of that song really just captures, I think, a, a situation like that. And so lyrically, we just left it at that. Hmm. And um, Anyway, people have really been enjoying the song, and it is probably one of our heaviest songs. Yeah. And it's thrashing and angry, and so it's not for Sunny 99.1, and we understand <laughs> that. But if it makes you it know, on there, that would be some good exposure. They're, they're not going to cover this at a church service, and we're... <laughs> I'm not, I think you may be too heavy for 94.5, too. Uh, you know I mean, what? That's you know. fine, because honestly... <laughs> Hey. Uh, yeah, they, they do a very specific thing over there. And yeah. sometimes what we do does line up with that. I think yeah. there was some stuff on a line above that is w- wonderfully aligned. Lines was pretty 94. Yeah, yeah. This song in particular, no, because they don't play that kind of stuff unless no. it's mandatory Metallica. Of That's course. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Part of doing what we do is instead of aiming at the same target everybody else is aiming at, I just feel like sometimes we just need to shoot our arrow and pan the target around wherever it lands. Yeah. And just be like, hey, this is what it sounds like. There's a there's an audience for it. Even if one out of every hundred people that listen to it like it in the United States, that means you got three million fans of everybody heard it. And we feel yeah. good about that because there's things you, you take from hearing all this modern music and everything now too, but to really stick out, that's just kind of what we do. You, We have to make sure that we're maybe not on the same target as we're all the other arrows are going. You got to land where someone's going to notice that and hear that, and they're going to take that in. You know, it's it's a fi- fulfilling part of the gig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when y'all in the studio, like y'all just like bounce stuff back and forth, like what, you know, because I know there'll be like some brain farts and just <laughs> just just just, oh, really? Bro, <laughs> just dead. It's just like man, we got to just. You know, like play some ping pong and uh-huh. bam, there's the idea. Well, there's quite a lot of literal farts in the studio. <laughs> yeah, and you don't know until you walk out the door and come back in and say, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> uh, a lot of the stuff that we've been doing, yes, there's a lot of collaborative give and take in there too about like creative decisions on, hey, why don't we do this riff this way? Or why don't we do a quad track these guitars and have like a octave on it kind of thing. But a lot of the arrangement stuff gets done pre pre production pre, like okay. we're we're sending ideas off and it may be a 30 second snippet or it may be an intro or it may be a whole thing and then we say we like these things and we kind of try to grow off of that or let it settle or frankenstein it and yeah we kind of like come up with shells of songs and then go into the studio together and just produce it the first time and like record some vocals and record everything and do our first try at it and then review it and then go like, all right, we want to change this. We need to change that. And that's one of the advantages we have of working in this studio, because if we were on the clock somewhere paying, you know, $125 an hour to run out a studio somewhere, you don't have that luxury. You have to just go in and it's wonderful. That's a $10,000 microphone. But if it's a really crappy take, there's nothing you can do to really fix that. Definitely. And if you're stiff and anxious, it's not good creative space. You don't have the freedom to air out different ideas. I think it just, it puts a chokehold on your creative process. So for us, we really took our time and made sure that like, Hey, this is how we want to do it. And then you just don't make apologies for it. You just let it rip. Hmm. Yeah. Execute your part and be done with it. Yeah, yeah. this is probably the best takes. <laughs> Set it and forget it. Set and forget it, forget it, it man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't get a sign made for that, you know? You should. And, and the it. kiss rule, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> too. So in uh, Spotify, best yep. of rock and metal. That's what you guys fell into the category, which was new release. Uh, how does that feel? Feels good. We've uh, The song came out, I think, at like 10 in the morning. 
for that Spotify playlist, ten somewhere between ten and noon on mm. the fifth, which was last Friday, June fifth, and we're a, almost at a thousand streams. And what what day is it? It's like the ninth. Yeah. So it's it's doing pretty well. The playlist is helping. It's bringing people to the website a little bit to because our links are established in in the social media side of Spotify and. We're seeing streams of some of our other songs increase a little bit here and there. So it's definitely not just creating traffic for the song, but people are liking that. Some people are like digging deeper to see what we have to offer. And that's been great. Something we realized along the way too, is like with the light above that we released last year, you know, it's awesome to release 12 songs Yeah. and, and people that like albums can enjoy that. And if you're a touring band, it's a merchandise item. That's wonderful. But CDs are now kind of becoming like buying cassette tapes, you know? Yeah. And Right now, what we notice is that if you do a big, huge work, then you have not a lot going on, and then you do a huge spike, and then it drops off. For us, what we realized is that that album, we retained a lot of the people around the world that were jamming our stuff. Hmm. And so they tuned in when this song got released, and we get on you know, a new playlist. We're on several playlists right now, actually. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest helpful playlists we have is that we're on the new release radar on yeah, Spotify. Nice. So anybody that likes our stuff mm. and jams us and goes to our Spotify and follows us and all that stuff. Every time we come out with a new single, which is going to be quite often between now and the rest of the year, they automatically nice. get it. Okay. They can jam it. They can share. They can post their Instagram. So like we've, we've had a lot of fun. Like right now, the number two country for us with this new single is Israel. I don't know anybody in Israel. Garrett doesn't know anybody in Israel. This is just people jamming our stuff. Yeah. It's like, yo, when we can get to Tel Aviv, we will. But you know, <laughs> in the meantime, it's like, cool. It's really awesome to connect with these people and and it's uh it's a wonderful social media platform we're going to be really involved there but the whole content game is something we're really learning uh, i guess to execute better in terms of like he was saying albums are are great and we grew up on them y'all did we albums to me are still king but what you got to do is you know instead of just blowing the load on 12 songs here it is release date july Mm. whatever right well yeah and your sample is a full song kind of deal just a little bump yeah just just a little all foreplay (laughs) (laughs) no long time exactly and you know so like he was saying we have two other singles that we we had established all of these by early this year and said these are the three songs we're going to work on obviously didn't know what the rest of this year was going to happen you know everything going on right now but you know, we have a couple more in the works and then some stuff beyond that as well to where the content creation and the creative juices are going to be flowing like ever consistently throughout the rest of 2020. Well, I see some videos with flames and, and all that good stuff as far as like editing and oh, all that stuff. It's coming. It's, it's coming, bro. It's coming. I'm learning. I'm learning that After Effects so it's I can. Fresh. Yeah, man. Hopefully not too tacky. Do everything in house. You know, eventually, yeah. like even eventually, get to a place where we print our own merch. You know, yeah. there's, there's the more that you can do yourself, the more you get to keep. Exactly. Damn right. Skillful at it. You know, this is an entrepreneurial mindset. You know, sure. like, it is a business after all, and it, it makes you have freedom. You know, we kind of feel like the shutdown for us, we're going to treat it like a blessing. It's a curse for everybody, but we're going to treat it like a blessing for us because it's kind of feels like some kid, everybody's playing Monopoly. Some kid comes by, just knocks everyone's houses and hotels (laughs) off the board and you're all just starting with nothing. Mm -hmm. And we got to keep our house because we do the stuff in house. So Mm -hmm. it's like we're, we kind of feel like while there's no pressure for us to go tour and buy an RV and do it that way, while there's no pressure to go play in a venue with 25% capacity and everyone's 10 feet apart in chairs, we're, we're not going to do that. Yeah. That's not what we do. That's a, that's a cheap version of our show. We, we will not do that. So during this time, it's like, hey, why don't we just broaden what we do? And reach our fans that are out of reach physically and focus on everybody, not just Houston and not just our region, not just California and Colorado, all these places we've been touring in Louisiana. It's wonderful, wonderful people. But there's a lot of people around the world that we haven't been able to really engage with. So now we're going to do that and we're going to release a lot of music and we're going to do it in the moment so that Mm. like when there's stuff going on and you're feeling something you get your creative process in order so that you can release it quickly and it doesn't stand under the heat lamp for a year yeah. you know like I, uh, piles of unfinished songs have no value at all nothing exactly a finished song that's imperfect is way more valuable than 
unfinished yeah. songs Man, you're waiting just, to get. It right. keeps coming back to set it and forget it. You just got to yeah. get that shit yeah. done, put it out, and it is what it is. And it's yeah. you're going to do something that sounds or you know better or whatever down the road, but you have to get that other thing out there. I yeah. think Big John's been teaching me that. And that's, <laughs> yeah. and that's yeah. why we have some lost episodes. Uh, <laughs> we currently probably have about three ep- lost episodes because we'll get on and I'll listen to it. And again, like I said, I hate my voice. So I said I sound extra ugly. So, but it's not about the content. It's usually um, in the in the beginning of what we were doing, we had a lot of just uh, interface issues and things like that. So yeah. I was like, man, I I know we can put product out there, um, just to have it out there. But I was, at the same time, I was like, well, what are we representing? So uh, we had sure. a lot of lost episodes. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll sprinkle them every once in a while. But um, yeah, yeah, we we totally get it. Um, yeah, you you. I mean, at the end of the day. Y'all did capture that moment. It was a creative process that you're never going to get back. So give it to the world. I mean, and yeah. I'm sure we, we mm-hmm. truly enjoy it. Shit, I enjoy it. But Me thanks, too. Man. I appreciate it. Thank Hell you. Yeah. So do, do you have a, a song that is just like your baby that, man, I love this? Man, a, a lot of them because my hands were in most of them. Okay. This was Rob's. But, uh, He's fathered many song children <laughs> in this band. <laughs> so many your favorite digital to play lives. Live. Which, one, which one is your favorite to play live? Oh, oh that's even that's I, right. I, right now, like, okay, so the record, uh, lines, the other, yeah, lines, <laughs> lines. the other side, we don't really play anything off of that because we had an incredible progressive rock drummer perform on that record and we haven't really got a guy that we want to perform with doing that kind of material. I, I would say off of that record, show of hands. I love yeah, it. Yeah, that's cool. Short mm. to the point, three minutes, 40 seconds, 242 beats per minute in your face. But I love Cloud Dance. Cloud Dance is my mm. favorite song to perform every freaking night off of The yeah, Light Above. That's love a fun it. One. Yeah. The guitar solo sounds like it could have been on a Toonami promo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I have a lot of good memories of that song because we, we we've been gratuitous in our use of strobe lights and fog and all sorts of <laughs> extra fun. You talk about influences like Rammstein, Iron Maiden, these kinds of like. Rock bands that bring in just a whole other unnecessary level of, you know, that. And Cloud Dance, we always fogged out the place pretty good. So <laughs> I, uh, we were just silhouettes and lights playing. Nice. You know? Yeah, it's really fun. Y'all doing the Maynard James on, on everybody? Can yeah, you see? know what? Why not? You know, I mean, it, it's, uh, I think that uh, going to a, a, a rock band should not feel like a recital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's going through the motions. Yeah, this yeah. should not feel like a middle school talent show, and if it feels like that, you should leave. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I love the live um the live shows. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. boy. Yeah. <laughs> so when y'all on stage, how do y'all like? How do y'all feel? Like, does it I feel great? It's it's doing what we want to do and what we love to do. Like, as great as all this stuff is being in the studio i mean there's a million different things about being a musician and being creatively involved that makes it special yeah. you know and great and wonderful uh, good and bad times with that bad times really just being like writer's block or why can't i get the snare to sound in this way but when you're up there performing the mm-hmm. stuff that you've done especially when it's like new and you yeah we've rehearsed it a few days or whatever and everything sounds pretty good but then you have to perform it in front of 50 people and you know, your voice is dry because the, the lights are hot, you know, and it's just a different scenario. So it becomes like this whirlwind of uh, not necessarily anxiety, but just like you're revved up and ready to go. Mm. And uh, that's the that's my favorite part of all this is playing yeah. the, these songs live. You get to share a moment with the people that are there. You Who know? have heard the music and like it, you know, yeah. or trying to turn or, them over yeah, to you. Or people, yeah, just strangers, a lot of strangers. And uh, a lot of fans along the way. And it's like every city's different, every show's different, but you know, it's really fun to get to just share a moment. And the the being able to go up there and do the art, you know, the fact that we got to make it is a wonderful privilege, but also it's just a privilege to add value to people's lives. And if it's you know, we want it to be really fun to to go out and see our show and come see this music and you know, people can jam our stuff and that's wonderful, but coming out to the show is the coolest thing in a band is when you make a community of people that love music and enjoy your music and 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 we bring a community of people together that all love each other and hang out and have a great time we have that in many cities we we have developed an entourage of people that come out to shows and far and wide 
And it's a wonderful, beautiful thing. So it kind of sucks that we can't do it immediately right now, but we kind of feel like next year. It, it, Counting our blessings. Yeah. yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll be doing shows again, and they'll be bigger and badder and more ridiculous <laughs> than they've ever been. We I only sure have to contact everyone. 10% of the venues. Yeah, I, we will, <laughs> we'll play at the last building standing. We'll be there. That sounds like one of the dive bars we'll be playing. We will, <laughs> we will break in and set up our stuff at 3 in the morning. None of y'all are invited. It's, yeah, it's just for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do y'all have a like a pre-show routine before y'all go on that just like get y'all pumped and ready to go to hit the stage uh we do a vocal warm-up that uh if you don't have any privacy is pretty hilarious to listen to yeah it's it's awkwardly hilarious yes yeah um people probably think that we're in a cult or something doing chants like we're right <laughs> behind the venue just wow you know doing balloon breath yeah who's wow people just walking by like oh god oh, you know? here comes the fish people yeah <laughs> well when you're in weird cities it just bland you know we play austin or denver la you know like we're totally yeah when, in la there, somebody yeah. you know they would have thought we were just blood brothers kind of thing yes yeah. <laughs> like, no, this is what people do on we Sunset love it. boulevard but um yeah we we do that um sometimes energy drinks we don't we don't like get inebriated in any way before no. we play uh our music is way too involved yeah. in yeah. the show to, to to do that we we go up there we take it very very seriously we have a good time but say uh, a quick yeah. prayer and we're ready to rock yeah pretty much yeah pretty uh vocal warm-up prayer Get on stage, start yelling at people that are involved with our crew. Yeah. <laughs> get everything going. And, yeah, yeah. It's the best, man. The fog starts rolling out, the song starts, and you know, thank hopefully the computer is all good and working. Yeah, Mac. <laughs> Mac has been the third member of our band live. Uh, thank you, backing our track, computer. Mac. Yeah. <laughs> Mac. So, so, so you spent. I know you. You know. We spent some time in security. Like when you're on stage, do you look at security and make sure they're doing their job? Dude, you have no idea. Uh, oh, I, I know. I know. Okay, so one of my first, one of the first color chemistry gigs, I was maybe six, seven months deep in the House of Blues kind of deal. So I'd been there for a little while and yeah. I got the ropes and I understood the situations. I think the J. Cole show had already happened at that point. Yeah. Uh, which, if you all remember, was absolutely nuts. 5,000 oh, angry God. people who couldn't get in. I'll uh, tell you, yeah. I, oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's a story yeah, for we'll you right there. Yeah, we'll get to that, man. But, you know, so we're, we do an encore. At, like, I think it was our second gig and it was like a good in-house audience. There was probably like 50 people in there. So for us, we felt like, wow, this is great, you know? Yeah. And we played domination by pantera mm. and on the part there's like that breakdown at the end you know the guitar solo starts to slow down goes into the duh, 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 just real headbangers journey kind of deal and people were pushing down the cocktail tables and like trying to pull the the stage wedges off the <laughs> off the stage and i remember thinking wow this is great and i was also like in this kind of parallel like what the hell are you doing you know yeah. you're gonna get your ass fired this is a no-go <laughs> and uh, it was it's a weird uh complex because i always feel like i i've always been i guess business minded in that sense where if i work at you know where i'm working at these places it's always about what the job entails so i definitely carry that with yeah. me yeah on stage you would hope not to be distracted too much by security issues but they totally come up oh yeah fairly regularly shreveport bro uh yeah someone got thrown out getting a blow job while we oh. were playing, we didn't see it, but uh, that we didn't see rock it. Star. But um, <laughs> I mean, now granted, our music is very, very sexy. So that's, well, that's, you know, it, it is Shreveport. It was so. only a matter of time. And Shreveport <laughs> is a place where maybe there is as much to do. You know, like it's cool. You had to go to go to color chemistry, get a blowjob. Hey, you know our uh, y'all, you know, y'all, hey, y'all, y'all, y'all. That would be our new merch line. That would be live shirts. Yeah, y'all help the man out. It's the equivalent of going to the local Whataburger these days. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that. I've been in another metal band where, you know, people in mosh pits got thrown into the speakers at the venue. That happened once. Someone broke a finger. One of the mosh pits uh, played a show outdoors where someone got thrown from a mosh pit into a pond, uh, <laughs> which was pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, that I think the violence it shows kind of used to be an older thing. I think that's sort yeah. of even in metal starting to become more of a faux pas because these venues don't want to do the liability, you know, I yeah. mean, especially now and forever, like after COVID and all that stuff, like people 
yeah, sure, you can hang out like 10 feet apart in a venue with masks on. Like, you ain't going to be moshing for, yeah. <laughs> for Man, quite some time. my first gig at House of Blues, 19-year-old Garrett, you know, <laughs> it's Anthrax, one of my favorite bands. When oh, I get yeah. To work, uh, I was, uh, oh, man, that... I- I that, would float that day or whatever. Yeah, because I was on stage. That's right. And so you remember the guy who snuck backstage or whatever. He does a karate kick off the stage and nails a dude unconscious in the face. Right. That's that's when they put me backstage to yeah. watch over, and that and <laughs> and oddly enough, that was the that was the night where um, they're playing. Uh, man, what a caught in the mosh. Yeah, they played that whole album in its entirety, yeah. I think. They played Caught in the Mosh, and that was the biggest fucking mosh pit I've ever seen. Yeah. So if yeah. you so if you've if you've been the you know the main room House of Blues, that mosh pit went from the merch table all the way to the entrance. Woo. The and, of the venue. Yeah, no so 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 you know where to pretend to be a so when they so when so you know when they played the riff like they went longer. Because the 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 pit got so big, yo, he was just like, "Whoa, let's let's keep going." Yeah, yeah. And then and then um, they said like, "Mel, man, that was the biggest fucking mosh pit we've ever seen." <laughs> that was, yeah, man. Those so are, those are those are those are the memories from that show. Those are like the yeah. Oh, dude, that's very Scotty and. It looks like a Simpsons character. Yep. Yeah, with his tattoos and <laughs> yep. his guitar. After the end and of the that New show. New York logo yeah. on it. Yeah, That's yours. You can have that. Oh, dude. I appreciate yeah. that. That is awesome. There you go. <laughs> one of my big, uh, going back to the beginning of this, one of my big rhythm guitar inspirations, Scott Ian. <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah, I, I always remember that that show in general. I mean, they came back before, but that was the one I was just like, I was on stage, and I'm just like, Yo, that's the biggest fucking mosh pit, <laughs> and everyone's just taking care of each other. Sure. So yeah. it was, it was crazy. Yeah, that's Rob good. said that. You know, it, it, I, you see a little bit less about the like people going absolute ape shit, karate kick kind nah. of style in there. It's everyone's helping each other. I know it's been the culture has always been to help folks out, but it's definitely been, I think, uh, maybe a little cleaner. Yeah, I think it's a mosh pit is an opt-in experience. Yeah. You know? like it should be. If yeah. you do not wish to participate, you should have the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to shows, though, man, especially at uh, the now Revention place, man, when I saw Guar there. It was packed in so much oh, well, that yeah. my feet were off the ground, and I was just part of this human wave of <laughs> things going on. Was that not your first House of Blues gig, a Guar show? No, it wasn't the first, but it was my first war show yeah, that I yeah. worked. Coming and, blood. Oh man, it is yeah. a, it like, is a controlled riot happening yeah, so, inside that building. <laughs> so that so that that security, I mean that security, but that 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 show, the um Steve, our manager at the time was like, you got to wear just a white shirt because mm-hmm. our our yellow shirts this is going to be ruined. I was like, okay, yeah, man, and <laughs> I'll get never... you with the giant penis gun. Oh well. <laughs> the funniest thing was this 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 chick was in front of me she goes give me your gorges oh give me your gorges oh, and it needs to be on a t-shirt and, and uh lord lord uh amaritis right not amaritis um the the main singer you know, he got his got his uh, inflatable dick and was like, ah, <laughs> uh, and you know, and so it's so it's coming out like green in her face, and she's like, ah, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he goes, ah, and then that green stream turns red, <laughs> and she's like, oh, oh yes, oh yeah, and he goes, and then he gets on, like, ah, all right. Everybody, y'all have AIDS. <laughs> go, yay, we have great Oh, man. Those are crazy shows to work, man. Oh, yeah. Your money turns red. Oh. Everything in your pockets turn red. Anything. Yeah, I'm spraying. Mean, it's it's die. It's I, like was, crazy I was red for legit three days. I had a yeah. white t-shirt at Guar show. It was pink at the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> I got sprayed pretty good. Oh, yeah. I got it on my Facebook. You see me, I go, you know, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I worked the Guar show. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and my white so shirt is just bright red. Exactly. Be sure, before you go to a Guar show, be sure you have health insurance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. And, and, you know, make sure you have a sense of humor because they're, they're attacking everybody on there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was definitely not for the sensitive. That. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it was a little bit of everything. <laughs> so this mu- uh, th- the music to me um and I guess it 
I do play when I'm playing Call of Duty. I will listen to your albums. Um, it, it kind of, I guess it gets me. It's like for me and, and that album, the A Light Above one was kind of like a roller coaster as far as um, just it telling the whole story, its entirety, it being a complete story from front to end. And I felt like your new single was could have been, you know, a part of that album. Um, it's, 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 to me, it's just, um, I don't know, uh, I, a continuation. I like the direction pretty much. Um, is this the direction you continue? This is going forth because you have three albums, correct? Is three or is it just two? Uh, yeah, we what have we have three one? out. That first one somewhere lost in the yeah, ether lost, or whatever. Yeah, I have that on a CD somewhere. It may be um, deep yeah. in the catacombs of like a Spotify <laughs> bank. Exactly. Somewhere that's gonna you know. be a super fan collector item. Yeah, okay, sweet, sweet. Be, yeah, I'm happy okay. I signed that. Oh, so have yeah. you signed oh, it before? Because uh, the other ones are gone. We got um, yeah. That's not yeah. the that's not in the museum of artwork. That's not in the lobby. But yeah. one of those songs could be making a potential return. Yes, that's mm. true. Mm. Uh, more on that at a different time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, yeah. It's a it's a natural progression. Yeah. You know it. It helps with uh, you know it's coming from the same two guys. We're all we've been in this workflow same so producer. heavily. What's that? Same producer too. Same mm. producer. Yeah, absolutely. It's been all of that stuff. Just like kind of going back to the roots a little bit while moving in the direction with a light above, but moving forward in an organic matter where it's like, hey, it's five string bass, it's real drummer performing these tracks and, you know, getting the room compression moving in there and it's, you know, it's it's great. Yeah, we got two other singles that are pretty wild. I don't yes. know how well they fit into. Weirdly enough, they all are around, they were written at the same time with like, same kind of, I mean, the mindset may have yeah, been a little bit different. These three singers but... are wildly different. Yeah. So, uh, ironically, people, Wild yeah. is not on it. <laughs> yeah, we had a, never mind. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Love that song. We're going somewhere with it, that's for sure. We're going to, we got some projects. I mean, we're, like I said, we're going to be releasing singles pretty much every six to eight weeks nice. for a long time. And we got some pretty nifty projects we'll announce later, some really new stuff, some live stuff some acoustic stuff, some other really cool stuff. Sweet. Um, so people are going to be constantly, we're just going to do what we're going to do. You know, excited. we don't have to follow anybody else's formula. We <laughs> do whatever we want to do. We tend and, to uh, be pretty good, I guess, or comfortable writing active music. You know, it's kind of, that's, I think one of the biggest lines you can draw through all of our songs is that you have to kind of be paying attention. You talk about being locked in, playing Call of Duty. It's not passive while you're playing. Like you're still taking it in, in mm. a sense. It's not background music at low volume. It's just kind of sitting. It's things I you have to pay attention to. I think that album does work pretty well with Call of Duty. It I works think, very yeah. well. It works yeah. very well. There's a, enough it. adrenaline to that. Yeah, mm -hmm. that yeah. works. Especially when we're playing Warzone, because you know. Because we're plundering. We're plundering. Getting thrown, <laughs> getting thrown into the gulag. <laughs> well, you, you better know? believe it. Heard. <laughs> we get on there and get aggressive, even with each other. We're like, why'd you miss that shot? It's yeah. just, you that yeah. so <laughs> cathartic. You know, yeah. I love Grand Theft Auto, and yeah. I do unspeakable things when I play <laughs> Grand Theft Auto that uh, it's important just what happens in San Andreas stays in San Andreas. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you, you go, know? You go, in the, go in the strip clubs in San Andreas, and, you know. You can get wild. <laughs> well, my version of getting wild is shooting missiles at the strip clubs. No, okay. <laughs> baseball bat to the pedestrian who had no business getting hit with a baseball bat. I mean, hey, they drop money, so, you know, you yeah, yeah, yeah. kill them and drop money and keep going. You yeah. just hide in the bush and the cops go away. It's that easy. <laughs> it's important to let out your violence whether you play Call of Duty, <laughs> listen to the color chemistry, you know, exactly. play GTA. You know, it's, I think everybody has their way of just unleashing some ugly. Absolutely. <laughs> What's your guys' favorite as far as um, video game categories? What do you see yourself playing more? RPG guys, you're more first person guys, you're more. What do you? What do you? If y'all, when y'all get into first. it, I'm, I'm gonna plug in real quick. Best game all time, RPG, The Legend of Dragoon doesn't get enough love. Mm. So for those who are listening to this, y'all gotta play it. But uh, I like I like the RPG stuff, uh, Elder Scrolls kind of stuff, where it's, yeah. it's campaign and you can spend a thousand hours and not find every nook and cranny <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. And what's that? Uh, like Assassin's Creed Odyssey and stuff. You know, I really enjoy those games. Nice. I'm a classics dude. I got left behind. Like I think when I picked up music, I like came out of the basement of practicing <laughs> and realizing that I suck at every game. That like Halo when it came out, I I was like six months behind everybody. I mm. wasn't in a college dorm, so I didn't know. So all of a sudden, you start going to parties. Like oh, this is game Halo, and it's like I suck at this. Everyone's <laughs> so much better. It's so discouraging. So I was like 
to hell then. I'm just going to play Mario and Mega Man forever, and I can just play this over and over and over again. I don't need to do that. So now I love some of these games like uh, Rocket League. I mean, there's some, mm, there's some yeah. cool games. But I did classics, man. I will play Mario and Mega Man. Even, dude, I just went through a Pokemon phase. I'm not ashamed of it. So, Yo, you got to check it, too. Like, Mario 64, one of the best out oh. there platformers. Hell yeah, dude. So yeah. check it out. Like, you know, with the emulators and stuff you can do online or whatever, you can just USB a controller in your computer, whatever. You can do this emulator. They have a split-screen yeah. version where it's like a top and bottom, like think about playing like Halo campaign or something, right? Mm. And the top is Mario, the bottom is Luigi, just a little bit taller, same mechanics, and you can go through the worlds with like, you know, your buddy or whatever and, and knock out stars like that, and you can like jump on each other's head that makes you flip all funny and everything. Like, <laughs> like, it adds a whole new fun dynamic to the game. It's been around for like now 25 years or so. You know, it's, it's almost like playing it completely uh, new. Yeah. Video game music has very much inspired us over the years. Too. It'll continue to show. Yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, it was hard to appreciate them because it's all 16-bit noises, 8-bit noises back in the day. So, you know, it's just bleep bloop to a lot of people. But it's like now you extrapolate these melodies and these songs and these themes. Like yeah. there's oh, some yeah. video game soundtracks that are like Yo. movie scores. You oh, know? man. Fucking but, Halo. Halo, yeah. yeah. yeah the uh, first Final Halo. Fantasy. Final, Final Fantasy. Trigger, Chrono, Chrono Trigger. Trigger yeah. Time, you know? Chrono, Chrono Trigger is one of the best like OSTs I think of all time. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's so dramatic. Oh, man. Yeah, don't, let me start with we Zelda. About, like how the hell did someone write this? In the first place, you know, yeah. some incredibly talented Japanese man somewhere wrote that. <laughs> pretty much all that old stuff. I love that J Rock stuff, you know. Like, I do too. All those kind of melodies, you can tell like there was that Japanese melodic influence in it. You can just you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's fantastic. I love it. Do, 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 do. Yeah. There's there's just certain modes. There's like pentatonic modes and harmonies that They're are like little like reminiscent of Japanese music, and yeah. you can hear it in the rock. And I really love that that influence. You I know? do too. It's cool when you hear the Euro influence in rock, and they use like these classical themes, and it sounds like being at church, and it's metal or you know whatever. Like that's <laughs> cathedral all cathedral metal. Yeah, exactly. like harpsichord and church organs. It sounds all epic. Like that's really cool too. That's a very Euro thing. American, it's just like angry and raw. It's kind of like jazz, you know. Yeah. Like it's it's a lot more just like fuck it. This is what it sounds like, you know. But that Japanese metal and rock, it just yeah. has like a certain charm to it that I just can't. Little get cultural enough. spin oh on my it. God. Hell yeah. Well, that's where all the old school video games were all manufactured there in Japan. They all came yeah. from Japan. JRPGs, so like Nintendo, man. Sega, all that stuff is all. These are all just incredibly talented writers that like. I I hope that most of them are still alive to just see like the massive appreciation that exploded from these classic games. Now ESPN too hosts their stuff. You know. What yeah. I mean? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Video games and sports. People win millions the of nerds dollars. Have won. Millions. <laughs> you don't have to be a professional <laughs> linebacker to make millions. The war of dollars. between the nerds and bullies is over. The nerds have won. <laughs> they have taken the world. You should have listened though. I in the past. <laughs> their natural predator has been eliminated. They are flourishing. <laughs> I didn't even know tag would be as awesome as it is uh, as far the, as culturally accepted. Now. I it's mean, like man, you got to you got to be. I've seen some of the videos of that that extreme tag. You got to be athletic. It's hardcore. It's crazy. Yeah, it's hardcore. Uh, it's tag. It's, yeah, but parkour with tagging. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> nuts, dude. <laughs> so I mean, listening to the interview, we don't even have to ask what the future is. Um, Y'all still going to create in-house awesome music? Um, you were saying earlier that if they subscribe to y'all's channel, how, how would they go about getting the new releases every time? Right. Um, on Spotify, you had said. So we have every every single social media outlet or platform or connection. You could just find it simply at colorchemistryband.com. Color, mm. C-O-L-O-R, chemistryband.com. And it has all the social medias, including YouTube, Spotify, You know, look for Amazon Music, however you go about streaming your music. How to find it if you want to make a purchase for merchandise. We, you know, our store's on there and you could do the whole UPS thing kind of deal. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, everything else is pretty much aligned. Color Chemistry Band. If you just Google that, everything will be available. If you go to colorchemistryband.com, everything is literally the first thing you see is a link to that. All of those things. Perfect. Heck yeah. They can't confuse it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And if you like our stuff, share it. You know, yeah. share it on whatever platform you're on. You know, reach out to us. Everything is too. integrated. You know, you can share Spotify and Instagram. You share Instagram and Facebook. You know, everything's kind of interconnected. So we always appreciate when people share our stuff. Mm -hmm. and 
let the let the people know that there's good music coming out and tag us in it so hashtag color chemistry that uh, so we can uh, we can talk about it yeah you know? yeah mm. connect and reach out to us and let us know where you're from and all that and you know reach for the sky we're pipping that for a while but we got a really badass other single coming out here soon i won't say exactly when but it will be soon and uh music videos and all that other really good stuff right we are very excited we got some really cool stuff mm-hmm Man, that's what I like to hear, man. Y'all, y'all like y'all doing some things, and to see, see eighteen-year-old Garrett mm-hmm. going through the you know the highways and byways of of House of Blues to now, it, it makes my heart just happy. I appreciate it, man. It really I, does, man. I I think nothing but the world for you, brother. I appreciate it, brother. I mean, I learned from the sidewalk cracking motherfucker himself. <laughs> you know, could put me on his shoulder. I will show you the world. I remember. The first, you know, when we were getting to know each other and you were singing Better Metal Snake. Oh, yeah. Metal Aqua, uh, Death Clock. And I was like, what's this guy know about Death Clock, you know? And yeah. And he was rocking, sharing yeah, that metal shit. Yeah, yeah, man. He was, um, we we was leaving. Yeah. And I I, I, I was cranking, I was cranking that Death Clock on my way out and go, what? <laughs> <laughs> man, I saw the Death Clock show. Oh, when yeah. When they rolled through Houston. And what I loved about it is there were so many like young kids rocking to metal at that show there were so many kids that were like middle school age at that show and they were getting oh, they yeah. were getting thrown like rag dolls through the pit and crowd I don't think they were supposed to be watching Adult Swim either yeah it's like yeah, yeah. yeah. they were at the show with their parents and it was like you oh, know, yeah. it's like that's really they, cool they in the crowd we bless your skin yes oh my god yeah Death Bug is like Metal Aqua is particularly vulgar and, and graphically violent show and their live show is no different but god they're a talented band Man, well, they're, so, they're about drinking insane. Yeah. They was about drinking uh, bleach before it came popular. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> you guys suck. Quit this band and I'm going to make Planet Piss. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they need to bring that show back. I would... I would happily they were about to and I don't know if they got... To. They, they did a show this year, early this year before everything happened. Mm. Yeah. With crowdfunding nowadays, I don't understand how they could not. Oh, man, there's a demand for it. Well, in their case, I'm sure that there's a copyright for all that stuff held by a corporate entity that decides whether or not it can go on air mm. or not. I think that's something that happens with a lot of bands on labels, too. They make a record, and then the record label's like, well, awesome. Uh, Adele's coming out of the record in Guns N' Roses, and so <laughs> when those are done being sold, we'll release your record sometime five years yeah. from now. So yeah. enjoy. That does happen, where people will make a record, and it'll be released two years after it was finished, and yeah. they claim the date it was released to be like, you know, so, oh, fresh out of the studio, but they've been waiting on the it. The battery for two hates years. it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, there's something to be said for autonomy there. It's crazy, yeah. <laughs> all that kind of stuff. I mean, we feel bad, but it's like, for real, with the, with the current situation, there were so many bands that went all in. We almost, we were right there about to make enormous investments and go out on an enormous tour. Mm. That was going to be a big opportunity for us and cost a lot of money to do, and we were ready to pull the trigger on it, and all this wound up happening the exact same time that this tour happened. The tour got canceled. It would have been a huge investment, and then we would have nowhere to go and nothing to show for it. Some RV sitting in the in the freaking driveway Paying and all on. that stuff. Yeah. And yeah, we'd just be we would just be working our butts off to try and just undo that decision. I feel terrible for a lot of bands that you know they went all in and, and guys that are signing autographs yesterday or shining your shoes tomorrow mm. with this kind of thing, um, which which is you know just heartbreaking. But for us in our situation, like we we are really truly committed to making the most of it and then when it, the time is right we can go out there and be with the people again yeah. we'll all give each other hugs and we won't have to wear masks and we'll all beat each <laughs> other up and punch each other in the face and spit some teeth out in the mosh pit that's Great. gonna be yeah. a wonderful uh, yeah. Beautiful. I won't be in that mosh pit but I will play the music and watch everyone <laughs> right. do it I'll probably be, be next fun. to you pointing at the guy I, I must admit, I enjoy watching that, so people should just enjoy themselves. And you will help another good brother get a blowjob in the, in, you know, in the, in the crowd. Come to Color Chemistry More gig, to come. get a blowjob. That's happened, at least, that's happened at least once that we know of. Yeah. That's, that's that y'all know of. We, we'll, we'll, we'll have a poll on our next newsletter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. We're gathering research. I don't know about that. No, we uh, we definitely appreciate y'all taking time to stop oh, by. Oh yeah, and, man! And, Thank you guys. Yeah, and we appreciate the being mics. here. Um, 
Like you said, I'm a I'm a big fan. I know Big, uh, big John. I'm gonna say Big John's big fan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, <clears throat> um, we just we are excited to hear what's coming out in the future and looking forward to everything. Um, we appreciate y'all sharing yeah, your man. skills and talent and time with us. Um, we enjoy it as as again as fans, but also uh, as 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 buddies. I mean, it's, it's awesome yeah, to see sure. you guys succeed and enjoy what you're doing and loving life, and and that's what's that's what's exciting about it. You know, yeah. to see y'all really do something that y'all enjoy and and to be happy, and and even when you have those those times of self doubt, to be able to. Uh, to able to rise to the occasion and just and just do great things and it's good to see that. Yeah, yeah. thanks. The same yeah, to you guys. Man. This is a great podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah, we appreciate being on here. You know, Rob and I lift each other up and help each other get through that stuff. And it's, yeah. we're just I'm happy that we can musically bond and be good. You know, we're buddies. It's more than just the business, so right. it makes it easier to do. I mean, at the end of the day, man, we're all good brothers, and you know, we wanna wanna help everybody succeed and help you help your brother succeed. You know Likewise, what I'm saying? Man. So, yeah. man, this is. Awesome. Hell yeah. Hey, <laughs> only only good vibes here, man. God sure. damn right. Colorchemistryband.com is where you can find all the stuff, correct? Colorchemistryband.com. Damn. Yeah. See, I forget everybody else's. I even forget. <laughs> I can research it for days. I'll always remember. Um Barricade Boys Podcasts. Um, we don't have a dot com, but you can find us on Instagram. Yep. Um Barricade Boys 01 is on Twitter because they haven't shut us down yet. Yep. And then um Barricade Boys Podcast on TikTok. On TikTok. Yep. Uh Snapchat. We don't have one. No, we don't. No, we don't do that. No, no, we don't. No, we got no snap. We got the DM. We might have charge premium because, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know Snapchat premium. You know what I'm saying? Some nip slips. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some nip slips. <laughs> yeah. With everybody, we appreciate y'all tuning in. Barricade Boys, uh, we love you all. Make sure you uh, cover your faces. Don't put your hands in your mouth. And remember to uh, love one another. It's yeah. your boy ASAP. And it's your boy Big John. And DJ, hit that shit. Mm-hmm.